This is Music Respawn. I'm Kate Remington with Terrence Lee of Life Formed and Janice Kwan. And it's just, it's fantastic to meet you. And I'm just really looking forward to having a chance to talk about your incredible soundtrack for Tunic. So welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. So I'm, I'm, the, the game, I'm not going to give too much away about the game at all because it's, it's best if you don't know a lot when you start it, but it's the story of a, a little fox, a great big adventure in a huge world, and he's got incredible areas to discover and enemies to fight. And it was created not quite single-handedly by Andrew Schultes, but he later brought on you know, another little team. But I'm curious about how he found you guys. Well, he found me first. I It was a long time ago because the game has been in development for a long time. It was 2015, I think. And I had finished my first project, um, the soundtrack for Dust Force, in another indie game. And then I just finished another soundtrack for um, a documentary about, uh, it was called Immerse. So it was a documentary about um, Broken Age, the development of a game called Broken oh, Age. Oh, yeah, wow. And he, he really liked that one. And he emailed me with like a little demo, a video of his, of his game, like really early version of his game and and asked if I wanted to be involved. And I I really liked what I saw from his video. And I was interested because I actually, like I, I, I didn't, it was like the first time seeing this game and then I Googled his name and I recognized that I saw his work from before, which was at that point, it was just like Game Jam games but i i was actually going through game gym games back then like looking at different ones and a couple that really caught my eye were i i recognized were by him and they were like it was interesting because they were like really dark and gritty and like very different than what tunic looked like and but they were like really moody and they like really captured a a very like strong feeling of dread which is very unlike tunic but i like that he was able to well that showed me that like he had a lot of range to like like he he could pull off a lot of different things and it was um i know how hard it is to make game jam games like you only have you know much time and but it, the games were like very very strong so i felt confident because i knew he was like someone who had a strong creative vision but also the ability to pull it off which i think is pretty rare yeah, yeah, it totally is. I mean, and lots of people start games and they never finish them. And so oh, yeah. it's a real testament that even though it took seven years, the game is out now, which is so awesome. <laughs> and so Janice, how did you get involved? Um, I joined a little bit later into the project around the time, like... About halfway through. Halfway through. Yeah, yeah. the last few years. Yeah, last few years. Though we did realize near the end of the project that I had actually... Um, uh made like a little concept for Terrence like like oh, really, a year, early really early on just because he was talking about the project with me and he was like telling about like a song over email and I had to like write out the notes that he told me because I yeah. didn't I didn't like you know there was no music file and then from there we kind of worked on yeah. something really short but we totally forgot about it until near the end and it's that was yeah, that was that was before we were married. We yeah. were just chatting, and, mm -hmm. and yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we basically I I needed Janice's help. Like later in the last half of the project, it was like getting pretty crazy how how much work there was to do. So I 
I asked her for some help on some tracks and like it from there it slowly grew into this full-on thing where we're both composing equally because I we both realized that like we really needed her strengths to complement mine and like to really complete the album I think.
Oh, that's so. Yeah. That's... Also, there are a lot of tracks. Yeah, yeah there's just a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. I know the game is so old school because your the music is like a constant companion all the way through, and you know a lot of games don't do that now. The music is very. Um, you know, it comes in at key moments and sometimes it's really, really woven into the sound design and you're not sure if it's the sound, if it's music or the sound design, but this is like totally old school, like, you know, the Zelda games and Fez. And so I can just imagine it must've been just a mountain of work to get it all finished so the game could ship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It was like, it was definitely a mountain of work. Yeah, we didn't really, I didn't quite realize the scope of it going into it. It didn't exactly grow in scope. It just like the scope of the, we just realized the scope of the game as the years went on. Because like with a game like that, you have this like idea in your mind of like, okay, you have this concept for the game and then it's got these areas and it seems kind of small on paper, but then as you flesh it out, you realize like, oh, every area is like, has a very different feel and there's just mm -hmm. so much to it. Well, yeah, I, I'm even finding as I'm just, you know, playing through it, I'll go back to the same area, like, you know, the, the, the Western garden. And there are places that I missed the first time around and it, little passages that, that I didn't go down. And so it's, it's massive. And so it, it must've been a little bit like, you know, when you put a, a frog in a pot of water and you heat up the water and the frog doesn't realize that the water's getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And I don't know. It, it sounds like yeah. that was a little bit with the process with this. That was definitely like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, when I going into it, I thought it was like going to be a couple of years at most, but it, it worked out pretty well because we, I was actually busy working on some other stuff at the start. And so I told him like, I would like to do the soundtrack, but I would be busy for a little bit. But so that ended up working out because I had to focus on other things for quite a few years. And when I was done with that, it sort of gave me time to focus on this, which is still, there's still many years left to work on this. <laughs> um, yeah. I like what you said about like it being a constant companion and how that's not very common these days um, because like I feel like that's um, not a lot of games I guess with their direction can do that today as like more modern ideas come and like the technology and like all the sort of like ambient music and stuff mm -hmm. but I feel like with Tunic it was they really like were going for that bringing back that old school feeling. Mm -hmm. So I felt like we had a, like such a great opportunity to tap into the things that made us really excited about games when we were little and helped prolong that experience beyond playing the game. And like to this day, you still can relive the experience mm -hmm. because those tracks were so strong and like so yeah. memorable. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the music that we liked back then was like, it was very, focus on the area that you're in, the environment, more so than your, like what you're doing all the time. And that's what I really wanted to capture in this game was like, it's a game about mystery. And so I wanted to focus the music on the world that you're in and not, not always your character. And because to me, the, the world is kind of like, to me, the world is like the main character in that game, more so than the fox, because you're just, put in there randomly like you don't know why you're there and then there's this whole uh very like deep environment around you and I feel like if we like musically focus on 
capturing the like mood and ambience and atmosphere of the world, then it makes the world feel a lot more mysterious and full of secrets. Instead of you just like started with like something really adventure and like action oriented, I feel like that would be a little out of place because you don't even know why you're there. So it's like, you're not ready to connect with like, you don't know what your motivation even is yet. So it's more about just like, Having, having it feel like you're just thrown in this, in this weird, magical place.
beginning. Everything is a mystery, even the language. I mean, you have no idea what these glyphs mean. It's like being in Finland and, <laughs> and reading Finnish. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, like no other language. And so it really forces you to pay attention to things. And so mm -hmm. I'm wondering what those early discussions were like with Andrew about how he wanted the music to sound, or did he just kind of leave that up to you guys? He mostly gave me free reign and was mostly hands off, which I really appreciated. He started off with like some, as placeholder tracks, he, he used some of my older music from my other albums, which gave me a rough idea of what, what he was going for or what he had in mind. But he wanted me to like do what I thought felt was fitting, which I'm really glad he did. I, yeah. Um, so what basically I ended up focusing on, like I said, on the environment to highlight the mystery. And so I, I made like a bunch of test tracks at first and I knew it was going to change a lot throughout the project and, and they, they did, but it still kind of felt pretty consistent. Like I, I was able to like go back and I thought I'd have to go back and like change all the early tracks, but they ended up feeling right. So yeah, I think by focusing on the environment, it gave me a good direction to, to explore. Well, being in the overworld really reminded me of the Zelda games because the colors are bright and the environment is just right off the bat. There's a lot to explore. And then as soon as I got to the eastern forest and saw the dapply sunlight hitting the surfaces and the way the music changed for that and the way you guys created the music for that is just such, such a perfect fit. So what what kind of like did you get concept art from from Andrew or gameplay video so that you would have an idea of what the different areas were going to be like? Um, yeah, I think depending on the area, depending on yeah, some areas I was working on before it was really fully there was really like visual content for it. most of it. I caught like a glimpse of 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 it, and I mean, I had I was I had the game too, so I was like playing through it at the same time with what they had. But I tried to, I tried not to play too much of the, I tried not to like see too much because I feel like for, at least for me, like there's, there's a bit of that magic that happens when you just have most of the idea of a place in your, in your imagination and you don't like, you're not like literally making a thing exactly for what you want. And you just have this, like, you know how when you read a book and like the characters have their own voice in your mind and their own appearance in your mind. Um, and then when you see a movie adaptation of it, it's completely different than what you expected. It feels kind of weird. I think, I think me making the music for like what was in my mind of it was really important to me because it helped me like make it. I just wanted to not be so literal about what I was making and just let my um, my own personality kind of come through in it. Yeah. I feel like I I, I kind of was really lucky there because of you because I just didn't look at anything as much as possible and he and Terrence would like describe to me oh okay so this area has this feel it looks kind of like this you're kind of running around doing that and I would maybe glimpse at the area once or twice but not very much and I didn't have to because I I because I had you and you would just describe it and I could really just focus on like how you know what you used to describe the place made me feel and and kind of what you were going for but I kind of got the pure more pure experience of mm -hmm. that because 
I didn't even have to look yeah. at it. Yeah. Like I definitely looked at it a lot more. And so we were able to, like, I was able to like take what she did and like make sure it, as long as it like fit yeah. as close as we wanted it to. Yeah. Oh. That's such a, an interesting way of working. And it really kind of, I guess, explains why each one of these pieces in each one of these areas, it sounds like a complete piece rather than being like, you know, tied to like a particular tempo with the footfalls of, of you know, the tempo that the little fox is exploring or whatever. It, there's just such a richness to it. And so now I know how you guys got that, which is just really, really cool. <laughs> Thanks. It was really fun. It was a yeah. really good exercise, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it wasn't like so I wasn't we weren't so rigidly yeah. stuck to that idea. It was it just ended up kind of that way because I yeah, I it's not like I I didn't look at the game at all. I, I definitely still played a lot and like played it with the music to like make sure it matched, but 
I think it's just the early stages was when that was the most important. Before I had too many ideas entered in, like seated in my mind, I just put out what I had first yeah. imagined. Mm-hmm. And then I referenced the game and went back. I'm curious about how you developed the palette in the first place, because these synth sounds are so beautiful and they're so unique. And it's, I mean, and they've got this gorgeous piano in there too. And so I'm wondering which sounds you decided would be really key to to keep from one area to the next or one track to the next so that the, the soundtrack would sound, you know, really cohesive. There's like four questions in there, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. Actually, in the first few tracks, I, well, and just in the way I work in general, a lot of the tracks I do, I I like to start really, really simple. And so there's just like like a piano, a simple drum, like an 808, and then like a square wave synth with some effects on it. And we also do, you also start with like creating a sound like we work a lot with natural yeah. sounds that we record just like day-to-day things. And you sometimes you start with that, but sometimes you also spend a lot of time shaping the right sound for the feel you're going for. And then that kind of inspires the direction. of. Yeah, I think track. in the last half of the project, I definitely spent more time starting like sound-based, like texture, creating an instrument first and then seeing what happened from that. And earlier on, I was like more using the instruments I already knew, mm-hmm. which ended up like finding its way into the latter, the newer tracks. One instrument we used a lot was was like flute type of instruments. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just makes, flute makes me think of like forest and <laughs> there's a lot of foresty parts in the beginning and mm-hmm. it's my favorite type of environment, I think. Mm-hmm.
every single area has its own unique identity and the the forest fortress is also really cool and it sounds i don't know almost uh kind of indian kind of almost with like ragas or chanting and there's candles everywhere and that's such an interesting environment and the sounds that you got for that in the music are just so amazing thank you yeah the fortress does does yeah that, well that was when we um first moved here to taiwan the the area like right outside the fortress like the one where you go in that yeah. was the first one we worked on here in taiwan so I, yeah i feel like you can definitely hear some influence there yeah we got a lot of inspiration from just being here in Taiwan yeah. and we ended up taking like a lot of sounds from the environment here like we started getting as as the, over the course of the project which took a long time I like learned new techniques and like basically as I grew I, the soundtrack grew with it and like part of it was like trying to use more samples and and we really like just like recording exploring the city and the environment the mountains around here and so many like interesting the soundscape is just so different here than what we're used to yeah we had like samples of 
like a like traditional Chinese uh, funeral procession, which is like very yeah noisy on purpose and like there's like weird like it's just like just echoing through the mountains yeah we were clashing clanging and, yeah like people playing and, horns and stuff yeah. and we were living in the mountains so we could hear it like echoing off the mountains and and that was that inspired some specific sounds and there's also like the there's lots of cats around which was great we got a lot of different cat meows and stuff that we worked into some <laughs> tracks I thought yeah. that's appropriate, given yeah. it's about a fox. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how yeah. how did you sample the cats? That one was really fun. Um, that one, we were trying this thing where we would kind of go separately on our own, like afternoons and walk around and do our own exploring. And that was one where Terrence went up the steps that were next to um, his parents' place. And it's up the mountain and there's a lot of cats it's like a small yeah. smaller like area up to some ancient temple yeah and like there's just this little kitten right mm -hmm. you can tell you were you were the one who did it oh yeah it was one. on the roof of an old house and Sample. then yeah yeah it came down and it was like really hungry and but i had some did i have food no, you always carry the food. I always her. carry the food, and I yeah. didn't go with you this time. So I just recorded the sound of it. <laughs> so you just listened. Like, meowing for food. <laughs> you just recorded it starving. Yeah. <laughs> it was fine. It, was just, it wasn't starving. It was by Everybody a house feeds those cats. Next to, it was next to a pile of food, actually. Yeah. It, wanted, it was bored of it. <laughs> it, was, it wanted something new. Yeah. You know, different on the menu. Sure, yeah. So we got, sure. we got yeah. that. We, we didn't, like, literally use a bunch of... Like I like taking the sounds we use and then like kind of just using the texture of it or like transforming them into something completely different. So a lot of the sounds you don't really notice as as what their source. There's like a bird sound that I use as an instrument. Yes, there's some amazing bird sounds here and they're all so unique. I, did you use the one, there's this one we call electric bird because it just literally sounds like oh, yeah. an electric bird. I don't okay. know. And then, yeah, it's like a strange buzzing sound. Yeah. Like. I feel like you used it in one of the Probably. later tracks, but the, okay, the cat one was my, more of like, it was definitely like a, a stack of a few sounds. Yeah, it wasn't just the cats. cat. It was oh, cats. I did, I, I put my own voice in there just to like mm -hmm. soften it out a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then I think I used like another sample of um, like, um, maybe a child in my family okay. <laughs> also saying complaining things which is always a great sample and the cats do that too so you know yeah <laughs> Wow, that is fascinating. So did you have time? I mean, you had seven years. I mean, you didn't know that at the time, but did you were you able to take the time to kind of experiment and play around with all of this found sound that you got? And so you didn't feel rushed at all? With the final two years, I, I kind of knew there's roughly like a year or two remaining. 
and then by the final year we 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 did have like a deadline in mind so but there's still like a lot of work like more than maybe like half of the work left to do so we were in a bit of a rush at the end but it was still enough time to yeah. like really explore and I think I think the the whole scope the breadth of the soundtrack was part of gave us room to explore like yeah we'd make we'd find something interesting make something interesting and be like um learn like for a specific area and then like learn something from that and then apply mm -hmm. a new version or new understanding of that to the next track and so it kind of evolved as we worked on it yeah you definitely have more time to experiment in the beginning and like yeah mainly because you didn't know the deadline right yeah so you kind of like I took so you, much time you took a lot of time shaping a lot more aspects mm -hmm. of the tracks and the nice thing about it was we kind of had it prioritized so the a lot of the bigger tracks got a lot more experimentation yeah and near the end we still had room to do it it's just not for every aspect yeah and the nice thing about that is how that adds to the cohesiveness because then you can borrow sounds from yeah. the tracks that you did um earlier mm -hmm. and um you, you know just tweak them a bit so they still fit and you know yeah yeah by then we already had all the ex experimentation was done that yeah. we needed to do at the very end well it must be like you know going back to the soundtrack and looking at those earlier tracks it must be like looking at tree rings and you kind of remember you know like what was going on in your lives when you are like going over a particular track and it's like oh yeah that was four years ago or that was two years ago <laughs> so so you yeah. got this record of your lives right in the soundtrack so <laughs> yeah we have a record of our relationship over the soundtrack oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was the first one we made together was what was the first one we made together was it the spider tank one? Oh yeah one of the boss tracks yeah, the early ones we did together, at first it was mostly me working on it and then I asked Janice for some help. And so one of like the, the fortress boss, spider tank boss thing, like I had made chunks of it and then I like, I really needed it to feel more heroic, I guess. And I, so I wanted Janice to play some piano for it. And so she played all these different piano things that made it feel a lot more if it gave it more emotion like it made it feel like there's you're you're fighting it and not just not just that there's something intense going on, but that there's like like a struggle going on mm -hmm. that was fun that was yeah. in your apartment a long time ago yeah <laughs>
wanted to ask you about the music for the boss battles because, you know, the exploration music when you're in the different areas is really, really great. It's really ambient and it can loop, you know, in, infinitely. But the boss battles have a really different feel because they're way more rhythmic and driving. They kind of feel like, you know, dance music in a way. And so I'm wondering, you know, how, how you guys approach those. We Yeah, we really like working on the boss tracks because they are so different than the other ones, which let us be more, the other ones are more focused on like atmosphere, but the boss battles, we want it just to be about like the intensity of what's going on. And, and also we're able to make it kind of about, give it a lot more character. Like, like earlier I talked about how I didn't want to make the music just about like your, you as a player going on adventure. I want to be about the world, but for the bosses, it was definitely about this is the struggle between these two yeah. characters. We could flip the switch there with that. Yeah. I feel like I didn't really, I, I just assumed that, you know, Terrence would take the lead on those tracks because I didn't feel like I was like a boss track person. I was like, you are the one with like the amazing rhythmic intensity and complexities and like you're just so good at it so like why but I think given time I just want to like start hashing away at them and it made me think a lot about um one of my favorite tracks from one of my favorite soundtracks a long time ago um from Final Fantasy 9 I don't know if you've played that one I missed that one I stopped at seven but yeah <laughs> okay yeah yeah I know seven is like super popular and um so in nine, there's this track near the end, it's called You're Not Alone. And it kind of like is a bit different from the rest of the tracks. It's less about the environment. It just kind of strips away and it's like pure, I feel like pure emotion. And um, for me, it reminded me of like all the things that drove each of the characters. And it made me kept asking the question, um, like, you know, what am I fighting for? Like, what are, what's the fox fighting for? And what's the boss fighting for? And like, not really wanting to distinguish between the two, because I feel like in, in my imagination, those, those reasons and motivations often overlap too. So I wanted it just like, I just approached it with like, dumping out messiness and like, going a little bit, you know, crazy on piano first off and then adding the production in and I don't know I felt like I that was that was a really good chance for us to really kind of utilize more emotional like grandeur as opposed to like focusing on like you said the ambience yeah I felt that was kind of in general for the whole soundtrack kind of the missing the part that like we complemented really well on and like was what we needed to finish the what the soundtrack needed to be complete was like like an emotional character like it, a part of the music that was more emotional and like more focused on characterizing like the environment or people and or characters and so it, like i like i guess my my focus or maybe strength through most of it was just like building space Mm-hmm. And in Genesis was like putting something in that space and the boss battles are definitely where that all came together. Yeah. I think we also, during that time, I feel like I did try to focus a little bit more on using like voices 
um, and having them dialogue with each other, like whether it be with piano or flute or mm -hmm. other instruments and having the sections all kind of everybody, I wanted all the sections we used to kind of having have their shining moment. Cause I mm -hmm. feel like that's when you're fighting a boss and you've worked so hard to get here, um, like everything comes out and you want to pull out all the stops and like, and not hold anything back. So I think mm -hmm. that's kind of where we just let go and, and yeah. Yeah, it was fun because we, we didn't feel so constrained to, like we, we were happy to make the track pretty dynamic, like have, like I think, actually this, I maybe this for the whole album is, I feel like I'm a little bit pressured when making game music to keep it like really in the background and like like a, a constant sort of feeling. And normally I would want to make music that's like a lot more dynamic where there's like a build up and like like changes in speed. And I actually ended up doing that for most for even the world areas because I felt like that was important to making it feel. I feel like that that box is very constraining. But in the in the boss tracks, that's where we really explored like having buildups and like making it feel like this narrative progression, and and that allowed you to like really play the the piano parts in some of the tracks. Let you like really take it in a more classical direction, like focus on like yeah. Just... I hadn't anticipated that at mm -hmm. all. Like uh, classical, you know, bringing that in in any way that was a surprise and it was very very exciting mm -hmm. to like you know give that a place and give that a home oh yeah the the, yeah. the track for uh the librarian is just like it blew me away the first time i heard it and i was like all it was missing was you know liberace's candelabra on the side of the piano because it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's like so so dramatic and so intense and so that must have been a really really fun cue to write yeah, that was. Um, it's really funny because what kind of kicked off all the kind of crazy piano stuff was we like we hadn't intended to be here in Taiwan for very long, but we kind of got stuck due to COVID. And we we're like, okay, fine. I, I really want to get a keyboard. And we bought this like, instead of, you know, getting, a, you know, expensive knitting keyboard, yeah. you know, like I wanted one that had good key feel to it. And we just bought this like much cheaper, like beginner piano mm -hmm. keyboard, but it just opened up a whole new world because it was so un, um, non-threatening of an instrument. Like it was like, you know, this is all I do. This is all I'm here for is for you to play on. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I don't do as nothing extra. And it just like, like damn opened up and we were like, yeah, let's do it. Let's just bang on it. <laughs>
it's like it's super effective and it reminded me of some of the of the boss battle music for dark souls and bloodborne and because the only time you hear music in those is in the boss battles and so it's super super emotional and huge orchestral cues and stuff so that one it just it reminded me of that so it was just it was really this incredible release really cool that's really cool that means a lot too i think i think we were just looking you up right before um like when you reached out to us and we're like oh she has a history in classical classical performance mm-hmm. so she'll she'll understand the piano part oh yeah well I, w- I was a piano major in college I got into college because I wanted I thought I wanted to be a conductor and then I discovered it's really hard so <laughs> so I stuck with piano and then ended up in in uh, you know classical music radio instead but but yeah it's fun you know to see the intersection you know the Venn diagram between classical music and game music because it's it's totally there and and you guys have Mm -hmm. like really tapped into that for some of your cues so did did you guys uh janice did you study piano you know as like a kid yeah i did i was one of those kind of strange children who wanted to learn piano after watching their siblings kind of being forced to do it (laughs) And so it's like most kids are like, at least from my background, like the parents kind of like push you to do it where I really wanted to learn. I mean, um, so I started pretty young and I, I did also like get into university for, I, I did a little bit of the program for performance, but I also felt like, you know, that wasn't really my thing. And I, I think I much preferred writing too, so yeah. yeah, I I was too. I I took piano. My parents forced me to take piano lessons as a kid, and yeah, <laughs> I I didn't like doing it. And so eventually, when I was, I, well, I did it for a while, but like I think I was like fourteen when I I quit, and then, but then after I quit, I I had like a few years where I wasn't playing piano, and then then I started feeling like. We still had our piano in the house and I would play once in a while and I, and I realized I actually really like doing it when I'm not forced to do it. So then I started learning again on my own. But by then I was like about to go off to college. So then I was like, okay, I just need to buy some keyboard to take with me. But I had no idea about what keyboards, like what to buy. So I just bought like, I just focused on buying something with a good like feel to it. But I ended up buying a, a MIDI controller, which back then I didn't know anything about like music production and I was like, oh, okay. So I needed to use this. I needed like download some programs to and hook it up to my computer, and then, and that's how I got started making music. Is I was like, oh, these programs, I can like do cool things with them and record things. And it was, yeah, it started that way. Wow, that's that's so cool. The way people end up in in game, game music and music for media is just so interesting because a lot of times it's not like where they think they're gonna go career-wise and so it's it's just I don't know it's really neat that you guys ended up here and made such a cool soundtrack and Andrew said that the first time the game felt like a real game was when he heard the music in the game which was like a huge shout out for you guys that feels good yeah Yeah, we didn't there was there's music in like parts of the game for a long time but there's just so many like smaller tracks that were missing from the game until the final few months because we kind of put off doing like all these like small area tracks but once they're like all in all the different sections everything started just feeling really complete Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Well, he meant yeah. he mentioned that one of his favorite tracks, you know, it's an easy question to ask somebody, what's your favorite track? But <laughs> he, and he kind of he kind of hedged a little bit, but he said one of his favorites is the end title that you get for for one of the endings, because to him, it just kind of wrapped everything up. And it was just such a relief to have the game done and and shipped or at least ready to go. And I'm not going to ask you that question, but I'm just wondering you know, if there are some tracks where you just feel like you really nailed it, that you're like especially proud of. There's a track I made for the quarry area. It's called Carbon Harvest on the soundtrack. And I'm pretty proud of that because it was like, it's kind of the culmination of a lot of different things I experimented with. The main instrument at the beginning is this flute sound. Um, and I, when Janice was taking music lessons here in Taiwan with, she was learning the Zhonghu, which is like a larger version of the Arhu, which is like the two string Chinese uh, fiddle type of, it's a kind of like a fiddle. Yeah. yeah, and she was taking lessons for that. And well, I was with her on one of the lessons and I noticed one of the teachers, he made handmade um, traditional Chinese flutes called it the one, and I got one of, I bought one from him. It's called a shout, and it. I took so, uh, just like one lesson from him, but uh, I. That was fun because I just like recorded all these different variations, just experimentations, and kind of like found a way to blend them all together, and that was like kind of the starting point, the bed of that track. And also, the track was like really. I just had all these different sections of the track, like it was, and it had like different BPMs and. Kind of a different tone to each one but i was able to blend them together in a way that i felt like didn't really they all they all, they all came together pretty subtly they did nothing kind of sticks out even though there's like different bpms in there so i like that one mm -hmm. that i made
I I just love Terrence's work. So it's if we're gonna talk about favorites and like ones that really yeah, like all these area tracks, the moment I, I remember like stepping because I didn't play the game till it launched. And I I remember like my moments of first stepping into specific areas and feeling just feeling how well matched, like how the, the music elevated the environment of the tracks in terms of the ones that you you worked on and you kind of helmed but my for myself personally it's a little silly but like I know we talked about the cats are hungry but that one is one I'm very very proud of mainly because um, one is like the cat voice-ish instrument choir but I also like the chord progression in that for me was uh I think a moment of growth and along with the arrangement every time I hear it I feel like you know something is happening something big something strange something new and and something like mysterious and foreign and I felt like for me that encapsulated my experience of you know how I see Tunic the game is like something is happening in this world but it's not like strange and big in a grand way it's like strange and big but I think the cat choir kind of brings it back down to this like more the, the accessible level of like it's a, it's a fox it's a mm-hmm. little fox's world right you know um so that one unfortunately it's it's a bit subtle in the game because it's actually a compilation of uh several cues we couldn't fit them all in the album um but um yeah and I think the other one that I'm the first probably the first track I was super super proud of was the shopkeepers track sure yeah that's a great track wow (laughs) (laughs) again it's another one that uses the cat choir voice um but I I don't know if this is canon but Terrence had given me this like backstory about the shopkeeper and it was just so like lonely and innocent and like childlike and I felt like there's all these feelings I felt when I when he told me about it and finally seeing it in game and like seeing the shopkeepers like little symbol on the map was like it really set it all in for me I don't I don't know even if they didn't like you know fit the backstory into the game it, like the essence I felt yeah still matched the track yeah that one's great because it was it needed to be kind of scary but not so not like not like serious scary like it was just kind of spooky in the game and I think your track really captured that perfectly. It's like a little unsettling at first and then it's it's spooky in a way that's like fun, but also like might make you second guess what's going on at the very beginning.
also really like the um i like all the boss tracks because i kind of took the lead on the first couple ones that were like more about the the bosses the non-humanoid or non-person like bosses the the spider tank and the garden knight and so for that i could really focus on the on just the energy of it like we want to make them all really intense but i didn't want to make them all intense in the same way so for those i was i just made them intense like from a like traditional energy standpoint like give them a lot of focus on the rhythm um but then janice took the lead on the other ones which were more focused on the characters like or humanoid care not human uh and um, non-robot yeah. <laughs> they're all like boxes and stuff yeah. and i think she did a really good, good job on those because they like really captured the i felt like there was like motivation and character to everything and and she really did that through the kept like added intensity not through like just rhythm but through just her piano work and like and even like the um there's like these two mini boss tracks that are and they're pretty short but like and no one of them is short that one's not but they they're just these mini bosses that aren't like that important story-wise but they're I feel I feel like the music Janice did for it captured kind of the character of their movement like they all kind of moved in like this one of them moved in kind of this like silly almost mm. cute kind of way and I think her piano captured that and the other one was like a bit more like elegant and so she made like this almost waltzy type of track that it was these it was like these two robot things that fight you later in the game and and it, it gave them this feeling of like they were kind of elegant but also like clunky clunky yeah i felt so, like they were like dancing that's, yeah like that's kind of where i was going for like everybody was dancing around each other mm -hmm. yeah description of because it really kind of encapsulates the whole experience of tunic because it does feel like there's something mysterious going on that you're just not quite in on yet and the deeper and deeper you get into the game the more there is to explore but at the same time yeah it's on the little fox scale and so the music that you've written just is i can't imagine any other musicians any other composers providing the music because you guys did such a perfect job and is there anything I didn't get around to asking you guys that you'd like to talk about yeah I think one thing I feel like 
the th like one of the main things I learned from this project was I realized how important it was to me to like make something that I I, I didn't want to make music that was really functional. Like I didn't want to just make music that was like, okay, there's this area and this track has to like literally narrate that area or event or something because then that kind of makes the music feel like it's like subservient to the game. I wanted to make music that kind of had its own identity too, that would fit the game, but also like be it be its own living thing. And I realized if I just wanted, if I was just gonna make music that people wanted to hear, that people were expecting to hear, then it I'm pretty much just making like a commodity, like just something that like fits in place in this big project. Um, but I realized I need to make what was in my imagination. And um, even if it's like kind of weird or personal or like not even if it, I was gonna say, even if it doesn't fit, but like it, I think, I think it will fit. Like if, even if something I make is like kind of not expected, I think people, when they're playing through the game, like a, a, the audience still, if you've been doing a good job making the rest of the game and the, and the rest of the music, they'll give you the benefit of the doubt and their mind will like make it fit and they'll, and I think that like contrast adds something to it. I think it makes them think like, oh, it's it's supposed to fit. And so it does. And it the difference makes it feel like there's something even more behind it. So I, I don't, I've learned now not to be afraid of like letting any of my own quirks and what I what I find enjoyable in music to come through. Because I think I think people want like that human feel to to things at the end of the day, even if they don't know they want it they don't want just like a generic adventure track and I kind of I always knew that but like like you know you have to be true to yourself but like I didn't quite I couldn't I didn't quite internalize it until this this project that was this this one I truly felt like how important it was because we mostly because we spent so much time and it would be such a shame to like spend all this work on it and like not put myself into it so now when I listen to soundtrack I can hear I can hear Janice in it and she can hear me in it. And that, that feels really good. Oh, that's amazing. Janice, what about you? Is there something that you learned through all of this that, that you'll be able to, you know, internalize and then use on another project or just something that, you know, it, how did it grow you this, this project? Yeah. Um, well, definitely in the same line of that, like I, I've been, I think for me, every project I've worked on, I feel like the goal is to try to become, be more honest and like, um, like trying to listen to what's happening in the moment while I'm working, like what's happening inside, what am I hearing, what am I feeling? And um, with each project, I think the goal for me is to get closer and closer and clearer and clearer. And uh, like you said, like that's, that's kind of what, that's the reward in the music is like knowing that you can over many, many years take more and more ownership over you know, what you're making. And that's what makes music feel alive and so unique and dynamic across, you know, however many people you may enjoy listening to music from. And I feel like, you know, Tunic's no different for me with that. Every project is just so, so many tracks. So I had it, like, it was just constant. And so mm -hmm. definitely I feel like I've gotten a lot of exercise out of that. And um, one thing in particular too, was how I used to think that, you know, I could only, 
write music when I was inspired, you know, and that can be quite a block. And what also happens is when I do feel that inspiration, I just like go ham on it and then I burn out after. And obviously that's not really sustainable, but since there was just so much to do on this, like there was really no time or room to not like to wait for inspiration. So I think what I learned was I could function like outside of that expectation and like, like just, you know, not have the expectation that everything had to be like a certain way and mm -hmm. just work, like get rid of that, like get out of my own way sort of. Yeah, I, I went through that too. Like in the, since just so much time at the beginning, I just spent so much time on each track. And normally I would spend like, I'd spend almost like a month on each track. I would like just work for weeks on one thing, uh, give it everything I got and then just spend like the rest of the month recovering because I felt like I completely drained the well of ideas in my mind. But just being forced to like do all, so much stuff near the end like really I, th I think what made it work was like being able to work together and yeah like we that found, was huge yeah we found yeah. A, a way to like re-inspire and re-energize mm -hmm. each other and and when one was feeling like a little exhausted like the other one of us could kind of take the lead and that I think yeah. that's what was important for finishing it we just kept like trading off tracks and like knowing that you know you had a limit I had a limit and and that kept us like really fresh and that actually worked out really nicely for the collaboration so we weren't like you know trying to hack away at the same spot over and over and mm -hmm. overdo it and it's like we just we just went with it and like kept passing it off and, mm -hmm. yeah wow it's just been so so wonderful to talk with both of you so thank you so much <laughs> thank you thanks for talking with us yeah yeah